gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Jake Hotel Sports Experience. Privileged to be joined in the literal studio, the actual studio, by the one and only Minnesota Jack. How are you, Jacko? I am good. The, the The literal studio feels a little, little warmer, a little more comfortable than the the cold, empty expanse of the Zoom studio. So this is <laughs> this is good to be here. Trapped out in the frozen internet tundra. Um, we did take in a fun game on the frozen internet tundra this last night. Watched Celtic uh, snatch victory over St. Johnston's in literally the last minute of extra time. It's a pretty fun game. Yeah, when it looked like it was going to be a bit of a snooze fest kind of going to full time. Um, but, you know, Celtic left them in and then went ahead and snatched it, yeah, with literally minutes to go. It was a pretty intense ending. Yeah, great result. Great result. Um, I just realised that's like, because we watched the dogs and the cats together last week, mm-hmm. ended with a goal right at the end. Yes. This ended with a goal right at the end. We're going to go and watch the cats and the bombers with uh, Sambo this afternoon. Um, in the AFLW, so hope, hopefully it's not that close. Yeah, your heart's like, I can yeah. only take so much. <laughs> can I, Give I was me a break. very excited about the result last night. It was, um, yeah, it's it's always nice when you stay up past midnight to watch and you get get a fun game, mm-hmm. or at least a fun end. It was, it was, that's the good thing, I suppose, about sports. If games end well, you can almost, the rest doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the same can't necessarily be said for Thursday night football. <laughs> oh. oh, look at that segue. Um, That's a wretch. The Broncos hosting the Colts. Um, the Colts, I don't even want to call it triumphing. I don't even want to call no. it like seizing victory. The Colts um, not tripping over or tripping over less um, to win in mile high 12 to nine, this has to be one of the worst games of football I've ever watched. What about you, Jacko? It was pretty disgusting. I, uh, I for a game that was that bad, I did actually watch most of it. Um, <laughs> I watched just because I just, second. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see how this absolute, uh, like garbage would would end, and it was just as garbage <laughs> as the rest of the game would have expected it to be. Um. I'm just <laughs> looking at the stats, the combined the combined passing of the quarterbacks, forty eight of eighty passes, um, no touchdowns, four interceptions between Russell Wilson. The Colts and basically Matt Ryan. like it's as if they got eight drinks drunk at some bar and like stumbled and hit their head on the pavement, but then <laughs> fell into a winning lottery ticket. That's essentially yeah. what happened. They did nothing. In fact, they actually embarrassed themselves in front of a national global audience, but still ended up with a good result, which you'll take over being the Broncos, who instead of falling into a winning lottery ticket, they fell into a pile of shit. Six, six of 31 between the two teams on third down conversions. <laughs> six fumbles between. So we had four interceptions, six fumbles. Now, neither team lost the fumbles, but, you know, fumbles are often drive killers because it you know sets you back in the down and distance this was yeah it was horrendous it was a really horrendous game um it was all field goals um the scoring was 
Uh, Brandon McManus, 33-yard field goal. Brandon McManus, 44-yard field goal. Chase McLaughlin, 52-yard field goal. Chase McLaughlin, 51-yard field goal. Brandon McManus, 45-yard field goal. Chase McLaughlin, 31-yard field goal. Chase McLaughlin, 48-yard field goal. And you know what was beautiful, Jack? Mm. Not only did we get all field goals, we got overtime. Oh, yes. And we got most of overtime. Yeah. Um, it went right down to the last couple of minutes. Russell Wilson, and I thought, wow, they're going to actually put together a drive, um, you know, to, to, to end this thing. Um, Wilson, you know, they, they can see the field goal in overtime. Russell Wilson completes to Melvin Gordon, completes to Jerry Judy. Uh, they run it uh, three times in a row down on the Indianapolis 14-yard line. Melvin Gordon carries for three yards. He carries for five yards. He carries for one yard. And so they're suddenly fourth and one on the Indianapolis six. Two and a half minutes left to go. So plenty of time. They set up um, in the shotgun. I don't even know if there was a running back involved on the play call. I can't remember off the top of my head. And Wilson stands, stares it down, stares it down, stares it down, throws into what tight coverage and has it yep. bat, sort of batted away. How on earth do you not call a play where you get Wilson on the move mm. on fourth and one? I mean, one, just run the ball up the middle for a As yard. Richard Sherman said, run the ball, <laughs> run the ball. <laughs> Getting Poor flashbacks. What did you think about it? Like, like that last play, like doesn't that sum up Denver's season? Yeah. So far? Especially when you look back at the replay and I think... I think it was Jerry Judy. It was definitely one of, oh, or was it Hamler? One of the other receivers. Hamler, yeah. Hamler. Wide open on a slant. Mm. And either Wilson, it's tough to see because the replay only sees from the, the back of Wilson. Yeah. But like either he sees Hamler but waits too long to throw or just completely misses him. The same mm. result applies either way, that he misses a wide open receiver in the end zone on a slant. And by the time he does see him, yeah, it's way too late and throws it into tight coverage that no one could have caught. You could have been Randy Moss in there and you're not catching that ball. The coverage yeah. is way too tight. It was like that alone would have been a, a horrible collapse for the Broncos to be fourth and one and to not convert, not run the ball. Like you say, not like have Wilson on some kind of rollout where he can pick apart a defense a little bit easier and then also run for it, which he showed in that game. He had a few really good runs. Yeah. He's still mobile. Like, why not take advantage of that instead of you just, like, have him static in the pocket? And, like, even Wilson, I go, surely as experienced of a quarterback as you are, surely when you're about to throw, you realize this is fourth and one to, if we don't get this, the game is over. Surely I at least risk it trying to get something a little easier and hold on to it and maybe run around, try and pick it up on with your feet. Something. And they, they gagged the game away twice. Oh, yeah. You if, know, if you go back to regulation. When they had the ball deep in Colts territory, it, it was a simple matter of sort of, I can't remember if it was third down or um, I think it was, third, I don't think they were on fourth down. And it was like, you know, you're three points up, you could kick a field goal or you could run the ball, drain more you just time. just run off the, the clock, clock out. And 
Wilson elects to throw, gets picked off by Stefan Gilmore. Eerily, eerily yeah. similar. You know, not not as condensed uh, an area in the red zone, but very similar sort of thing. You know, a bit of a slant type mm-hmm. route in the end Gilmore zone. Gilmore just jumps it. Picked off by Stefan Gilmore, a former Patriot. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Sherman's just like in Vietnam on the sideline. Just, oh my God. Um, I don't know if you saw the video of KJ Hamlin. I did. After being missed, after Wilson didn't even miss him. He didn't even see him. KJ Hamler is wide open on the play. Yeah. And Wilson doesn't see him, doesn't throw it to him. and, And Hamler just rips off his helmet, smashes it into the ground. I think this is a really where are you at in terms of time to really seriously panic about the Broncos Russell Wilson Nathaniel Hackett experience or as in is someone going to and it's not going to be Russell Wilson is someone going to be gone at the end of year 1 Nathaniel Hackett mm. is who I would be looking at or is it like, okay, it's five games, we're installing a new offense, um, where are you at with it? Panic or not panic? If I was a Broncos fan, I would be They were leaving the stadium. Mind. Did you see that? Yeah. In <laughs> overtime, when they can still win the game, their fans are leaving because they've had enough. I think the <laughs> reason why... rich coming from Broncos fans yeah, who have won you know, four Super Bowls since the 1990s yeah. or whatever it is. It'll be a little bit grateful, but still. Or four. I, I think... To me, the issue is not just that, oh, the offense is dysfunctional. Mm. It can't score touchdowns. It can't yeah. score in... It, it can't... They can't score in the red zone. That yeah. is the issue, is that they are forced to kick field goals in so many of their football games. It's not like, oh, they have a few good drives each game, but they kind of fail in key moments, or they're not great on third down, or, you know, like these metrics where you could match them up and go, okay, they're not great in this area. Then you could go, okay, fine, just it'll take time to uh massage those mm. those out. But the fact that just across the board they cannot score like the kind of offense they should be, to me is it, it it's more than a red flag. It's it's like a white flag. It's like they're surrendering and saying we just can't score. Yeah, and that's like a, a massive problem for them this season. Wilson's thrown four touchdowns. Um, and they've had two rushing touchdowns. So six touchdowns through five games. Mm. That's that's, a... that's bottom of the table stuff. That's not a team that's trying to go ahead for a Super Bowl that's just given their, this quarterback 200-odd million dollars mm. over a long period of time. This is not a rebuild team. This is a going for a Super Bowl team. And I, I don't know what the stats would show, but my gut says Super Bowl teams do not start the way that Bronco, the Broncos have started. Whether you look at pure win and and loss, mm. but also if you just look at the way they've been playing, yeah, this team is not winning their division. Mm. I'll tell you that much. And so, oh. are they going to pick up a wild card spot in the AFC? No way. I do, I think you know one thing that you can look at, I suppose, and, and say, well, they're lucky. They're two and three. This is a team that they lo- they won by a point against the 49ers. Now, that was a game which Jimmy Garoppolo stepped out of the back of the end zone, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, they won by seven against the Texans. This is a team that could easily be one and four. Yeah. 
easily be one and four. Um, and I, it's it's problematic. Their next games are, and, and I suppose this will the the next three weeks will tell us something interesting at the Chargers. Then uh, home versus the Jets, mm. and as I said to you earlier, I think the Jets could be about to come good. Russell Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson, the better Wilson. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean it's a, it's been a big pile on on Russell Wilson, and I, and I get it. Um, and I, I think it is one of those things when you put yourself out there in such a way when you fall dramatically short mm. of everything, Mister Unlimited, yeah. Mister, you know, that's right, very, very good country. That's right. I saw some good tweets. Broncos country, let's hide, um, <laughs> yeah. and also one that was uh, let Russ lightly simmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's problematic. So they go charges. So at charges, home to the Jets at. Jacksonville. Mm. Um, interesting three weeks and then a bye. So, you know, if things don't work out, maybe... And after the bye, it doesn't look easy either. Like, they're, they're uh, playing Ravens, Chiefs. They go... They play the Rams later on. They've got two... They've still got two games against the Chiefs, two games against the Chargers left. Mm. And the Chargers aren't great, but I still think the Chargers are way better than the Broncos. The Chargers just... Can score. They, yeah, they can score and they at least look like a somewhat competent football team. They just aren't as good as maybe we hoped they would be this season. And, like, they've still got lots of tough games coming up, mm. tough trips to teams, you know, the Titans, the Jags. As we said, you know, still, you know, two games to come against the Chiefs, two games to come against the Chargers. It's going to be really tough sledding, I guess, is what I would say. Uh, especially when they're in the more superior conference, like to try if because they with the way the Chiefs are playing, they are not winning the division. They could end up being a pretty good football team from this point on. They're still not winning the division. The Chiefs are going to go out there and try and go for a Super Bowl this year. So that means they're fighting for a wild card spot. And I think there are so many teams that are in the AFC that are better than them and have a m- much higher chance of making the playoffs than them. And okay. again, this is a team that. We didn't think that this would be the discussion about the Broncos. I did pick them to finish last in the AFC West. This is true. You, you were you were somewhat early on it. I have never understood all the hype around like, oh, the the, the Broncos are a quarterback away from a Super Bowl roster. You know, and I was just like, what are you looking at? Like, the Jerry Judy has not come on, mm. you know, as a, I think he was a first round wide receiver. Yeah. Um, Cortland Sutton leads the team in receptions, leads the team in um, receiving yards. I believe he leads the team in receiving touchdowns off the top of my head. No, Judy actually does have two touchdown catches. So so that's a positive for him. But they are really lacking. Javonta Williams, I suppose, losing their running back. You know, he'd had 204 yards on 47 carries. Um mm. You know, he was a pretty key piece. But you've still got Melvin Gordon, who's a running back. Um, and really, running the football hasn't actually been the problem. No, and their defense has been all right. Like, in all of those games, they've all been low scoring, which I know we like to focus on the offense and how, how they're not scoring more points. But it's low scoring and competitive, so at least their defense is keeping teams to pretty low scores. If you said to me the Broncos are going to hold their opponents, their first five opponents to these scores, 17, 9, 10, and 12. With Russell Wilson quarterbacking, I would have said, well, that team's probably 4-1. and one. Yeah, 
you go like that's a pretty good football team. And yeah. You're like, oh, actually. But they've they scored can't score. 16, 16, 11, 23, and 9. It's, yeah, it's bad. And I'll tell you what, with new ownership as well, mm. um, they may not have a lot of patience with Nathaniel Hackett, who has, what, 12 games left to prove that he's not in over his head. I, I think he's gone. I, I really do think he's gone. I think uh, not just because of how the Broncos have been performing. I think that's a contributing factor. But the fact that a lot of the reasons why they haven't been winning is coaching stuff. It's yeah. time management. It's situational stuff. Um, like, so glad before we got Kevin O'Connell at the Vikings that Daniel Hackett was linked with the Vikings. <laughs> Strongly. He was going to move over there and, and we were going to take him. Mm. And you look now and... I'm not saying Kevin O'Connell is going to be the best coach we've ever had, but so far he's looking all right, and he seems to be a good locker room guy and has put together a good scheme for the Vikings. But, yeah, so so glad we, we dodged a bullet with, with Hackett because he just doesn't seem, at this point, does not seem like a head coach. Yeah, there's there's problems, and the, the relationship seems a bit interesting between he and Russell Wilson, and then you've got the Seahawks, putting up points at will with Geno Smith. I mean, mm. you know, it's really unfair how Russell Wilson wasted the best years of Pete Carroll's career. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think it's really not fair um, how he was limited. You know, let Pete cook. Let, yeah, Pete, cook. let Pete cook. Let him back in the kitchen. <laughs> um, so that let's put that atrocious Thursday night football game in the rearview mirror. Let's move on to... The rest of week five, we've got, yeah, we'll just sort of go around, talk about some games that are interesting to us, give you our sicko spreadsheet picks. Mm. Should say from that TNF game, didn't get it out live on the pod, but did confirm with you before the match. Yes, I, I locked up. <laughs> I locked up the under 41, um, under 41 and a half in Colts Broncos. Uh, easily cleared that oh, by, yes. uh, yeah, good. Retrospectively, that seems points. like an easy choice to make. <laughs> so you and you and I together combined the last 10, 10 sicko spreadsheet picks. We've we've got we've gone seven and three, Jacko. Yeah. Seven and three, um, pretty decent. And five of our last six. So we're not providing betting advice, but also not. we're pretty good at what we do. So <laughs> <laughs> we're simply saying uh, these are so look. It's a it's a more um, specific way of making picks. It's not just picking. It's got nothing you know, to do with the money. If some know. non-gambling site was setting odds, exactly, we would go to them. It's got nothing exactly. to do with the money. We just like challenging our IQ. We don't bet money, uh, but we do keep a sicko spreadsheet. And mm. we're currently 11 and 8 on the season and 7 and 3 in our last 10. Um, that including the under 41 and a half in Colts at Broncos. Where do you want to go? I'm going to let you spin the wheel. Did you, I think you said before the show, you wanted to go to primetime first up. Mm. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's fly. Where do you want to go? Do you want prime? Do you want Sunday night primetime or do you want Monday night football? Uh, let's go Sunday night. That's Bengals and Ravens. Yes. Bengals at mm. Ravens. Where, where are you at with this? Jack? Well, Ravens are favored, right? Um, yes. And three and a half points. I've been on, the record about how I feel about the Ravens this season and how I don't feel like they're as good as people are making them out to be. Mm. If they go out and beat the Bengals, um, I will pretty confidently say that I've been wrong on them. Mm. But I think the Bengals win this game and I think it will prove 
what I've sort of been talking about this whole, you know, the last month or so, that the Ravens are sort of, they're doing enough to win the games that they're winning, right? So you've got to give credit to them, but they still don't strike me as a team that's going to win the really difficult games and is going to put up consistent scoring. I feel like they seem very hot and cold. They'll have a few drives where they're just going out there and Lamar's just balling and you're like, oh my God, this team's amazing. And then they'll just not score points for a whole half. Um, so they just really seem inconsistent to me. Whereas the Bengals, that that opening game was horrible. But since then, they've looked really good. And I think they're just getting into the right rhythm. Um, you know, Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason. Plus was coming off an injury. So he's just getting out of rehab. And so I feel like now he's just starting to get back into what we know of Joe Burrow. I think it's going to be a great game. I don't think the Bengals are going to blow the Ravens out by any stretch, but I, I do think the Bengals are going to make a statement and say, okay, we're really here. We're going to try and compete this time. And I just don't know if the Ravens have enough, um, have enough offensive firepower that isn't named Lamar Jackson. And I think if you're a, a defense that, allows Lamar Jackson to just run around the place at will, then yeah, the Ravens will win. The Ravens win those games. But if you've got a defense like the Bengals that I really quite rate, um, that I don't think will let Lamar do that, then I don't know what they have. And that's why I still have doubts about the Ravens as a, as a team. Yeah, and it's worth, I suppose, saying about the Bengals that you know they started 0-2. They scored 20 and 17 against Pittsburgh. The Steelers beat them 23 to 20 in overtime, but that, mm. you know, required a lot of stuff from the Steelers. The Bengals Ste- really should have won that game, even though they didn't play great. No, like, absolutely. Again, and the the Steelers, game. you know, took Minka Fitzpatrick to block an extra point. They mm. block, I think they blocked a field goal in yeah. overtime. Um, then they went to Dallas. That was, that was a poop show. That yeah. was a shit show in Dallas. They, they should have gone and beaten Cooper Rush. Not that because Cooper Rush isn't, a, you know, showing himself to be a really capable, you know, QB in that offense. But you, they would have been disappointed to go and put up 17, um, 17 points, just 19 first downs, mm. um, you know, against Dallas there. Last two weeks, though, they've outscored the Jets and the Dolphins 54 to 27. So they've mm. doubled up their opponents in points. Uh, they've been you know, a little more explosive, uh, I would sort of say. And I think people have also talked about, oh, well, you know, the Bengals only beat Miami because Tua went out halfway through that game. Um, but I, I feel like the Bengals are playing far better than the Dolphins even before Tua got concussed. So definitely, I, I think they just outplayed the Dolphins overall. I'm a little bit concerned, I guess, about the fact you know, for me, that Steelers game was was one of the division bullies, you know, historical bullies, the Steelers saying, we are not going to have you drop a 40-burger on us again. Mm. You know, because the Bengals really did bully the bullies last season. They, between the four games against the Ravens and Steelers, the Bengals really put it on Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Little concern for me that the two games last season, the Bengals outscored the Ravens 82-38. to 38 in the two mm. games. Like, I feel like there's going to be a massive motivation factor for Baltimore coming into this game in the same way that there was for Pittsburgh. Um, the, the one thing I would say to that is that 
the Steelers team they played this season. Mm. Um, they definitely had TJ Watt, but besides that, they were also fully healthy on the defensive side of the ball, right? Mm. And whereas the Ravens, nothing to do with health, but just the Ravens' defense at this point in the season uh, don't seem that competitive and don't seem that scary to me. Mm. And so it seems like it could be one of those games where, you know, before the game, Baltimore's really furious. They're, they're determined. Mm. They're ready. We're not going to let them do that again. And then they let them do that again um, because they just don't have the talent on the defense to stop a Bengals offense that I think is, yeah, just starting to get on a roll again. Well, yeah, and the, I think the Ravens, the 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 problem for them is in their pass defense. They rank 32nd in the league for yards given up per game. Mm. Um, they rank 25th for touchdowns. Um, yeah. But they rank first for interceptions. So Which it's one of those things. They give up a lot of plays, but then they, they tend to make you know, a lot of plays as well in terms of forcing turnovers and that sort of thing. They're second in the league in turnover um, percentage. Uh, so I think that's a that's kind of a, a, a big deal. They're fourth. Definitely a worry for Burrow, who does tend to chuck it around the field. Fourth in average points per drive. So, so the Ravens are definitely capable of giving up a lot of points through the mm. air, a lot of yards through the air. Um, you just need to make sure, I guess, as Burrow, that you're as clean as possible with the ball. Yeah. Um, feels like about time for a Jamar Chase breakout game. Yeah. T feels Higg- like it's time for him to unleash. T. Higgins currently leads the team with 20 catches, 315 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but as you said, Lamar is the offense. He's got 893 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, and then on the ground, 316 yards, two touchdowns. So he leads the team in rushing. He obviously mm-hmm. leads the team in passing as the QB. With if the... he led the team in receiving, then <laughs> he might as well just get rid of all the players. Just let Lamar That's go right. Um I'd like to see a bit of a lift out of Joe Mixon. 82 rushes for 224 yards. Pretty circumspect kind mm-hmm. of um, rushing from him where are you going with this game it's not on our sicko spreadsheet pick you're going Bengals. yeah i'm going Bengals. i feel like i think it's Bengals by a field goal that's what i feel yeah well it's worth noting too with the ravens they've their two losses have come dolphins and bills and mm. their wins have come jets and patriots uh, yeah. so uh, not that the Bengals have covered themselves in glory but they have beaten the dolphins yeah. Um, interesting matchup. Interesting matchup within the division, within the AFC itself. Um, the Bengals sort of struggling out the gate. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can put it together uh, yeah. in here in week five. I think that they do. I think the Ravens are going to kick themselves for, for losing, you know, those close games that they have to the Bills and the Dolphins down the track because mm. uh, they don't, um, you know, it'd be nice to be able to put, would have been nice to put one of those away and be three and one. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'll go Bengals as well. Uh, let's have a chat about. Do you want to talk about the other the, the Monday night football game? Which one's that? Raiders at Chiefs. Ooh, yeah. Well, I... what are the what's the record for the Raiders? Raiders are one and three. Chiefs yeah. are three and one. The Chiefs. 
really do feel like they're on a mission this season. Mm. They are determined to win every game with... By as much as possible. <laughs> by as much as possible, but also with, like, a sense of fun. They really... Yeah. I think you said this to me. They, they just seem like they're having so much fun out there. And yeah. Mahomes is just having the time of his life. And that's what you don't want to see if mm. you're on the opposition side. And the Raiders are... Uh, my whole AFC uh, West prediction from preseason has been completely flipped because I really rated the Broncos and the Raiders going into this season, and those two teams are probably the two worst of their division. And the Raiders have been just a similar thing to the Broncos where the difference instead was if they just had a real playmaker on offense like Devontae Adams, all of a sudden this team's going to go all the way, and I and I really bought into that. But their defense is just as mediocre as it was last season, and Devontae Adams is like having an okay start to the season, but not the sort of unleasher of points and yards that Derek Carr was hoping. And, he's, and, and Carr doesn't look that comfortable in the pocket either. Mm. The Raiders just look like a bit of a mess, um, whereas, yeah, the Chiefs are the complete opposite. I know they haven't won every single game this season, but they feel like they're, yeah, they're just on a mission and this could get really ugly for the Raiders. I've got a feeling this could be very similar to when the Chiefs played the Cardinals and the Raiders can't do anything because the Chiefs' defense is really, really good. Mm. And Mahomes just goes out there, does some shovel passes, <laughs> does some backwards passes. He closes his eye and does a 360 twist and does something crazy like that. There's some, like, quarterback sneak from the tight end. There's going to be some crazy stuff in this game, I feel like. Oh, the yeah, the the that play, the direct snap to the tight mm. end after they'd sent Kelsey in motion, and uh, that was or whatever it was, Kelsey came across the formation or I can't remember what it was exactly, but one of the tight ends ended up taking it in. And yeah, just, just um, Mahomes and Andy Reid in their bag of tricks. Um, I think that, I don't think the Broncos climb out of this hole that they've made for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I think the Chargers and the Raiders, it's yet to be decided. I think that the Raiders could be one of those teams that, takes a month or so to figure the stuff out and then it's like because you know at the end of the day you've got Devontae Adams you've got mm. Josh Jacobs Derek Carr is a decent quarterback um I think it could still all come together and click for the Raiders and they could grab the wild card spot I don't think any of these teams is chasing down the Chiefs I think mm. Chiefs are going to win this division but big question marks over the Chargers who have lost Bosa who have lost Keenan Allen mm. who you know Justin Herbert is dealing with injury I think things can turn around for the Raiders. I was just trying to have a look at last year for the Raiders against the Chiefs. They lost 41 uh, to 14 and 48 to 9 against the Chiefs. So what's that? Eight, 89, 89 to something. 80, <laughs> trying to do maths in my head here. Yeah, 89 to 23, I think it was. That's pretty, that they were that's pretty sad Yeah, for Las Vegas. You need to make a statement. You need like you you can't go and get pasted here, because otherwise you're still in you're still at square one. I think this this needs to be one of those games like that the Chargers had the last couple of years where they really took it up to the Chiefs and went back yeah. and forward. They might have lost you know thirty to twenty eight or something. Mm. I think you want to see that as a minimum for the Raiders that they go out and they're able to score on the Chiefs 
Because mm-hmm. 23 points in two games against the Chiefs is not good. You, you can't, you're not going to win a division title that. You're not going to climb back into the wild card race doing that. But look, I don't think it's season over for the Raiders if they lose. I think it can still come together. But it's it's about how they play for me on yeah. the weekend as much as it's about the result. You want to, they really want to set up and have a good, you know, the next two thirds of this season. Yeah. With even if it's a loss, something competitive where they take it right down to the wire, just something, or at least like don't make the Chiefs look like they're having fun. Mm. Make them a bit uncomfortable. Make them a bit like, oh, we've got to actually focus here because the Raiders are are pushing us. Whether they have the capacity for that is a different question altogether. The the Chiefs too are the number one ranked rushing defense. They're only allowing 65 yards on the ground per mm. game this year, which is massive. Yeah. Um, you know, and trying to force teams to throw on them and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that that's that's big. Um, so I'm taking the Chiefs in this. Yeah, They're Chiefs, fa- Chiefs easily favored by a touchdown. Um, and I don't know that that if the Raiders only lose by a touchdown. That to me is actually a win. Yeah, you, you'd take that for Las Vegas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you need to see some improvement here because last year was just uh, uh, demolishing um, for the Raiders at the hands of the Chiefs. Uh, just looking back into some of these games here that I'm sort of interested to sort of talk about, I do want to get your sort of thoughts on the Vikings and Bears game, but... Uh, Maybe we'll flick around here and, and, you know, sort of get some of our sicko spreadsheet mm. picks in here. I, I'm, I'm going to take the Seahawks uh, plus four and a half at the Saints. The disrespect to the man, the myth, the legend, Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, you know, Pete Carroll, he didn't rub the genie in the lamp. He rubbed the Geno in the lamp. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's <laughs> thank you, one. thank you. <laughs> um, and so, like, I, I think, Four and a half, I don't know. I could see this being a field goal loss. And if I've got four and a half, that's okay with me. So I, I think the Seahawks could win it outright. Um, but I'm going to take the the protection of the, the four and a half points um, for the Seahawks there. Um, I'll pivot to a game you might have thoughts on and a sicko mm-hmm. pick on. Um, the Steelers traveling to the Bills. Kenny Pickett named the starting quarterback. There's no doubt to me, that the Steelers' offense looked better when Kenny P came in. Um, obviously, he threw three interceptions and no touchdowns. He did rush for a couple of touchdowns, but it was the way he was more willing to attack downfield, take a few chances. Mitch Trubisky was so safe, and I think the Kenny Pickett ride is going to be a wild ride. Mm. That's my kind of pick it on it. Like it, it It's like... Yeah, you're gonna have some games where he throws like three touchdowns, and he's gonna throw some interceptions too. Yeah. Um, I don't know about his arm strength long term. It's a little bit like with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has slowly been found out to not have the requisite arm strength to make some NFL level throws. Um. And I think Kenny P could end up being the same. But right now, I think he's an exciting option for the Steelers. 14 and a half points. Uh, I don't crazy. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. It's the, it's the... There's still Tomlin we're talking about. 
it's the most points the Steelers, it's the heaviest underdogs the Steelers have been since 1970. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Jacko? This is... I couldn't believe it, to be honest, when I saw it. Mm. And I first saw it when it was 14 points, and now it's 14 and a half. Yeah. To me, yeah, that that is... I don't understand it, because Tomlin's Steelers are known for covering in these games. Like, they, they, they keep these these games competitive, and they they don't... They very rarely get blown out. And I know this Buffalo team has got all this hype. And yes, they're great. They're a great offense. They're almost unstoppable. And they're probably going to go all the way to the Super Bowl, right? At this point, like it's between them and the Chiefs for me yeah. um, to be the AFC representative. So we know that the Bills are great. Mm. But that is just a lot of points to give up. And I don't see the Steelers doing it, especially when, like you said, Kenny Pickett, when he is under center, in the brief time that we saw him do it, he seems to be a lot more effective at scoring than mm. Trubisky was. Like, yes, he had those bad interceptions, but it was his first time playing NFL football. Give the kid a chance. Like, he's got a chance to, like, know he's the starter this week, look at the film, look at what he did wrong, and learn from it, and, and try and play better. And I think that the Steelers are going to put up not like 30-odd points, but they're going to put up enough to stay within, just within reach of the Bills so that it doesn't become a blowout. And then I think the Bills have put up a lot of points in the first half, and then they kind of take the foot off the pedal in the second half. Um, That's kind of my feeling on it. And it's not like the Bills are undefeated. Like, they have mm. been beaten this season. So there's that, there's that as well. Like, the Bills are not completely... uh indestructible you know yeah. there are ways to beat them and tomlin's a great coach i don't i would not pick the steelers to beat the bills mm. by any stretch but 14 and a half points seems like a lot and that's why for one of my spreadsheet picks i've picked the steelers to cover because this to me feels like this feels like a 10 point loss this to me is a, a it's a character revealing moment for the Steelers because 14 and a half points, the largest spread this week mm. could be the largest spread this season. I yeah. don't know if I've seen a 14 and a half points. I, I don't be... see m many other teams going to 15 points. I've never seen it. I, I It's very rare to even see double digits. Mm. There's only, I think one other um, spread this week that's double digits. And I think that was um, the Falcons at the Bucks. Is I think mm. ten points, um, but I think it's a character-defining moment for the Steelers because, like you, I can see them gritting this out, maybe finding a way to make things just one of those Steelers games, like against the Bengals, where just some guys like stand up and and do a little bit extra um, to make life hard for Josh Allen to to make life uncomfortable for the Bills. But I've watched a lot of the Bills this season. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would like to think this might be like a 27 to 20 or like the Steelers, you know, really grind them and it's like, you know, 2017 or something like that. I can also see a universe where this is like 40 to 10 um, mm. because of the inexperience of Pickett and the ineffectiveness of Pittsburgh's run game. 
Um, the Bills have like a legitimately terrifying defense. And so that scares me in is as much as if the Steelers find a way to stop the Bills moving the ball as fluently as they would like, I worry about the offense giving the ball back to the Bills in mm. short yardage situations. And suddenly they're able to open up a gap. But I, on principle, I wanted to take the Steelers to cover, but I, I'm too in my feelings about it. But I, I do think this is a character-defining moment for the 2022 Steelers because everyone's saying that they should get blown away here. 14 and a half points is saying you do not have a chance to mm. even get close to this team. So I think we're going to learn a lot about the character of, of this Steelers locker room. And this feels very much to me like 35-24. And it's 35-17 until the last two minutes. And then the Steelers go ahead and Kenny Pickett rushes in for a touchdown that the Bills don't really care about. And then mm. you go, oh, it's an 11-point loss. Um, that That's what it feels like to me. Where there's, there's going to be, there's always going to be that two-touchdown margin mm. throughout the game. Um, but the Steelers keep it. You're looking like for that. a late cover. You're I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I'm holding for the late cover. I got burned a couple of weeks ago with picking the under yeah. with the Cardinals and the Raiders, and it was the opposite. I had it early, and then all of a sudden, the Cardinals were like, oh, we're going to do something. Took it to overtime, and on the last score of the game, I think my pick lost by a point. Yeah. It was heart-wrenching. So this hopefully will be the switch yeah. where... Just at the last moment, it covers. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, absolutely. Let, let's get a little bit of Vikings talk here because I know you do have a sicko spreadsheet pick on the Vikings mm. game. So we're at the, the Bears coming to town. The Bears obviously have really struggled um, offensively, but they have done some stuff on defense this year that's been you know at least competitive, at least a bit feisty. How are you feeling coming off the back of that London trip, you know, the Vikings, you know, raiding in England. Mm. How did you feel about it all? Yeah, this logically, right, this should be a blowout win for the Vikings. They've had a few tough wins. Now they're facing a pretty mediocre team. They just go out and put 30-odd points on them. That's what it feels like it should be, right? Jefferson's finally back Mm. in his mojo and... You know, Cousins has had some time to kind of learn from his mistakes over the last month. Defense is playing a bit better. Um, and this Bears team just hasn't shown that they can really put up a winning score on offense. Defense has been all right. But this feels like it should be 38 to 10. Mm. But I thought that the last two weeks. Yeah. I thought that against the Lions. And I thought it against the Saints. And both times, this offense has just hasn't clicked. And the defense has been frustratingly giving. Yeah. And they do enough to win. And when the, when they are called upon to make plays, the offense scores a winning touchdown to KJ Osborne, or the defense creates some good sacks, or they get an interception. They do what they have to, which I've said before is a vast improvement upon last season. Because the issue last season was that all these issues remained, but when the time came to actually stand up and do something to win, the Vikings couldn't do it. They just didn't have that capacity. Mm. So I'm really glad that the Vikings this season are at least putting up a fight and winning. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this feels to me where all the Vikings fans are going to be kind of excited. Like, okay, here we go. This is going to be the good one. 
but the Vikings do have a habit as well defensively of making mediocre quarterbacks look good. Um, it's been a thing this season. It's also been an issue last season. And against this this defense that gives a lot because they don't play a lot of man, it's mm. a lot of zone coverage, I feel like Justin Fields is going to actually have a pretty okay game and just let them in. And that's when I feel like there's an issue. If we stamp them out early, I reckon we stamp them out for the rest of the game. But I think, I don't know if the Vikings at this stage, they have to prove to me that they can blow out a team before I pick them to at this point. They have to prove it to me because right now there's no evidence they can do it. So you're taking the Vikings to, uh, sorry, the the Bears to cover. Yeah, All I'm right. taking them to cover seven and a half points, right? Yeah. I, I th- Yeah, I feel like this is going to be another win. I feel like the Vikings are going to win. I don't think Chicago is going to be that scary. Like, I still feel like it'll be like the Vikings will be the better team but they just won't be able to put them away. And I think Chicago will stay within the touchdown, frustratingly. But um, as we mentioned before, it's kind of a bit of a security pick because it means if I don't win the pick, <laughs> then at least we went out and beat them by more than one touchdown, which I'll be happy yeah, with. We'll... So I'll be happy either way. Do you think that this is a crucial time for the Vikings in this division? Because the the week, the year started with like a drubbing of the Packers. And it was like, the defense is here. The mm. offense is here. And since then, like, it's not ascended back to those heights. Yeah, it's not yeah. like damning or anything, but you've got the Bears coming in. Uh, then you've got a trip to Miami to play the yeah. Dolphins. Then you've got your bye. Then you've got the Cardinals. Uh, you've got at the Commanders. You've got at the Bills. These games, like against the Bears, these these are the wins that win divisions. Mm. As much as it's the win, you know, as much as you want to beat the Packers, it's actually these kinds of games that win titles, because it's the one. It's like going back to the Celtic game last night. It's not actually the games for Celtic against Rangers, although they're important. It's the ability to bank three points on a week where you're not quite at your best. You're not playing mm. your best football. Yep. They tie it late, and then you find a way to get a winner because down the track, no one cares what what the football looked like, mm-hmm. but you got the three points. I feel like this is a really crucial thing for the Vikings to keep churning wins because the Packers haven't quite clicked yet, but I feel like you're starting to see the Packers yep. click. Romeo Dobbs, who I've got on my fantasy team, you know, he was being predicted in fantasy like, oh, he'll get sort of four points this week. He'll get five points this week. This week he's predict- predicted to get 12 and a half, mm. which I think is is significant because it shows that the people analyzing it are going, he's, he's quick, a big part of that offense. He's starting to grow into that offense. And a lot of talk about Odell Beckham Jr. ending up yeah. in Green Bay. There's a lot of rumors going around there. So right now, the Packers aren't firing on all cylinders, but we could come out of this weekend, potentially, there's a potential universe where the Packers go and drop 30 to 10 on the Giants or something. Mm-hmm. Vikings need to stack these wins. Yeah. It, it, it's the, because the Packers, the Packers are, I guess, in a similar situation to the Vikings where definitely are not really living up to the expectations you would have hoped, a little bit dysfunctional on offense and on defense. But both the three and one, both have a really good record and have 
the sort of leeway to go out and put together still a really strong season. So it's more of an incentive than already is, yeah, for the Vikings to just get a win here, especially because they're going on the road to Miami the week mm. after. I feel like you want just a good, confident win mm-hmm. against the Bears and then go to Miami and try and make a statement there. Because if we can beat the Bears and then beat Miami, not that Miami's like the best team going around, but we haven't played a good team since Philly and they embarrassed us um, in prime time. So to play a good team in Miami next week, I feel like mm. if we can beat them after the Bears, that'll be really confident. It is team. funny, the similarities in the two, in the losses that the Vikings and the Packers had. The Packers' loss is 23-7 to to the Vikings. The Vikings' loss is 24-7 to to the Eagles. Yeah. And the, even the wins have been quite similar in between where it's not always necessarily been sparkling football, but they've managed to get victories. Mm. Um, yeah. So you're taking... Yeah, the, the the Bears to cover in that game. Um, I'll just I'll just get my picks out the way, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll just launch probably into talking about one more game, kind of in depth. I'm going to take this is a, a real sicko sicko spreadsheet one. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers first half team total. I'm going over ten and a half points. I think they mm-hmm. put up 14, 17 points or something on the Panthers. In the first half, um, I think that, or, or 13 or something, a touchdown and a couple of field goals. Yeah. I just think, I think this is the game where Baker Mayfield gets benched. I, wow. I watched the 49ers last week um, against the Rams. Was it? the Yeah, the mm. Rams play. They put the Rams in a corner and wailed on them, 24 to 9. That defense is legit. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo does enough and they've got weapons all around him. So yeah, I'm taking um, San Francisco 49ers first half team total over like 10 and a half in that much. game. Um, and I think, yeah, that's my, that's my two sicko spreadsheet picks. Let's get your last one out of the way. And that's uh, in LA with the Rams. Mm. This is a bit sicko. Just in how confident I am. <laughs> Do it, yeah. So so tell me, the, the, do we go into this game, the Cowboys, five-and-a-half-point yeah. underdogs? Do it. Um, Cooper Rush still at quarterback. So which where are you going on this game? So this, to me, feels eerily like another sicko pick that I made earlier in the season when I picked the Dolphins to beat the Ravens outright. <laughs> And everyone, and I'm by everyone I mean no one, but everyone was against me. <laughs> everyone said I, I was out of my us. mind. <laughs> and yet I emerged victorious. And so I've got a very similar feeling with the Cowboys and the Rams. I don't I don't just think they cover. I think the Cowboys beat the Rams. I think the Cowboys defense has been really good in what I've watched. Um and I think statistically they hold up, maybe not as the best defense, but they do enough to win. Um, and Cooper Rush. I'm not saying he's better than Prescott, but the drop-off between Prescott and Cooper Rush is not as sharp as I would have imagined. Um, and I th- I think the Cowboys are feeling a little bit of confidence where when Prescott got injured, I think that whole organization was like, oh, our season's nearly over. Like, we're going to 
if we can escape with a win in this period, we'll be lucky. And they've gone out and they've won every single game with Cooper Rush, right? Yep. So great, I feel like they're, they're, they're riding high. And I think that's the, it, I think the Rams are the exact opposite. Where the Rams come into this game going, oh shit, we're the reigning Super Bowl champions and we look like garbage. Yeah. And so I, I, I think it'll be competitive. I don't think the Rams are going to look like they did against the 49ers. But I feel like the Cowboys' defense is eerily similar to the 49ers' defense. They're both very physical defenses. Mm. And I, I think Stafford is going to throw a few picks like he did against the 49ers. I think they're not going to quite... Beyond Cooper Cup, they mm. have nothing. Yeah. The drop-off in production from Cooper, Cu- Cooper Cup is insane. They've got nothing else, and I think that you know you match up digs on cup and let the rest of the players sort it out. I feel like the Cowboys win. Well, yeah, and and like they really haven't got anything out of Allen Robinson. There's no Adel, Odell no. Beckham Jr. Matt Stafford has not been well protected, and he's not protected himself well either. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. You look game one with um, Prescott as the starter. They lose nineteen to three at home. Mm against Tampa Bay. The next the next three games for Dallas, um, there's been a 20 to 17 win over the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they had, why can I never see these things? But a 23 to 16 win at New York Giants. And they've had a 25 to 10 win at home to the commanders. So he's put mm. up 20, 23 and 25 points. They put up three in game one. He's doing enough to win. Admittedly against Tampa Bay, but, but Prescott didn't play well in that game at all. I think sometimes too, you know, there's something to a quarterback that knows his limitations. Mm. And, and yeah, the, now the drop off in terms of a player might be more significant than the drop off in the productivity of the offense. Do you yes. know what I mean? The whole offense has actually been more efficient. Um, yeah. Even if pound for pound, you know, skill-wise, Cooper Rush isn't as dynamic a player, he can still operate the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like that. So you're taking the, the, the Cowboys to win outright at the yes, Rams. Um, so we've got, we're already on the board with a big green tick. With the under 41 and a half at the Broncos, we're also having Seahawks to cover the four and a half at the Saints. I'm taking the over 10 and a half. First half team total for the 49ers at the Panthers. Jack is taking the Steelers to cover 14 and a half at the Bills. He's taking the Bears to cover seven and a half at his Vikings. And he's taking the Cowboys to win outright at the Rams. Just another, let, let's do like just quick thoughts because mm-hmm. we're almost at the hour. Um, I'm just going to offer a quick thought on the New York Jets. I was high on the New York Jets before the season started. Uh, I thought they did really well with what they brought in in trade, free agency, and the draft. Source Gardner is great. Um, uh, trying to think of the guy they've got past Russia there. His name escapes me, but I really liked him. Came out of Florida State. I can't remember his damn name. Um, but he's good. <laughs> Zach Wilson, I think, has a lot of talent if he can stay healthy. Um, Elijah Moore, um, Garrett Wilson, both excellent wide receivers. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, great running backs, a nice tight end room. I think, I think the Jets could start to see um, 
progress after that big win in Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh aren't very good, but they had a, they were facing a double-digit deficit, the Jets, mm. late in that game against Pittsburgh, and they came back and won. I think they're going to take a lot of confidence out of that. That's um, two big comeback wins for the Jets. Yeah. One was with Joe Flacco. Absolutely. And, and so despite there being a lot of, you know, sort of conjecture about, oh, the Jets, you know, how are they going to, you know, play or what have you, um, they're two and two. Yep. The That's Jets. two more wins than I thought they'd get this season. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they looked like, I think we even talked about it on the podcast when we looked through their schedule and we went, this team might only win a single game and they're already at two wins and yeah. they might win this week. I think they can. I think they can. I don't know if they will, but I think they can. I think that game against the Dolphins will be closer than people think. Um, and that they've got a t- we're going to learn a lot about this Jets mm-hmm. team because they've got Dolphins coming into New York and then they travel to Lambeau to play the Packers, wow. the Jets. So it's a big couple of weeks. Um, but I just like the Jets and I was high on them before the season and I think that they can start capitalizing on some of their potential. Have you got a note on any of the other games? Would just like to quickly touch on the Patriots and the Lions. Yep. Um, this is a game where I've tipped the Lions to win, mm-hmm. but as each day passes, I become <laughs> less and less confident with that pick. I yeah. think it's going to be an interesting, it'll be a classic uh, uh, example of what wins football games, offense or defense. Yeah. Um, should we be more confident that the Lions will put up enough points to win, or should we be more confident that the Patriots will do enough on defense to restrict the Lions? I still am leaning toward the Lions. I think their offense is more reliable than the Patriots' defense is, and so that's why I'm still leaning towards the Lions winning this game. I think they've looked... I feel like this is the kind of team that they actually want to play. They've had enough of these high-scoring losses. They want to play a team that really can't put up points, mm. especially because Mac Jones isn't playing. They, they, I feel like this is finding their win. They get a win here. Yeah. They win. Jared Goff plays well. They put up 28, 31 points, and the Patriots just can't compete, and it's mm. like a 10-point win. Um, but the, the, the Belichick factor is still in play here. Lions have conceded 141 points in four games. Looking at the standings of the NFC North is just hilarious because you know you've got the, the the Vikings and the Packers three and one, pretty similar sort of mm. points for points against. Chicago's down a bit further, but you know it kind of looks like normal. And then you look at the Lions at one and three, and it's like triple digits both sides. You're like, yeah. wow, this yeah, is ugly. The the Lions they have to get that worked out, or someone's getting fired. As in, like I could I could see a defensive coordinator getting the flick. I don't know when the, the Lions bye week is. Um, they've got the Patriots this week. Um, don't think they've got a game next week. I think their bye is week six. Um, this is why I feel like they're going to win, though, is I think the pressure's really on, and this is the perfect opportunity. Even if it's more of a, an indictment on the Patriots' offense and then the Lions' defense, I feel like this is going to give that organization a bit of breathing space to go, ah, Okay, we didn't give up 40 points this week. Do you know what makes me nervous, though, is the Patriots putting up 24 points on the Packers last week with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Yeah, because the Packers. <laughs> like, yeah, who knows? Well, I don't know. Like, the, I, I thought the Packers, you know, they, they held the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 12 points. Um, mm. They held 
up bears to ten. Um, not that that says, but I don't know. I'm just, this could actually, I'm not picking it to be, but I could see a reality where this is actually a really fun game. Definitely. Where this actually turns out to be pretty competitive and one of those Sunday games that you tune on and you go like, oh, this is actually gone out of the wire. I'm going to switch over to Patriots and the Lions, you know? I don't know that the drop-off between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi is that much. I is really, there a drop-off? I, <laughs> I feel like they're about to jump off the cliff and they realize, oh, this was just a step. I really like... I liked Bailey Zappi in college, but one thing I did notice was when he faced pressure, mm. um, he melted into a bit of a puddle. But when he wasn't, when he was well protected or could get the ball out quick, when everything happened in rhythm, he was deadly. I think he, he threw over 60 touchdowns for Western Kentucky in, wow. his, in his last season, in one season. Mm. Um, I could be talking out of my ass there. It might not have been 60, but it, it was a lot. He threw a lot of touchdowns. It was the record all time. Um he can throw, but when he gets pressure in his face, he's not a Joe Burrow in, yeah. in terms of his ability to sit in there and, and throw. Like most of his near interceptions and his interceptions came when he had pressure on him. Mm. Um, so Detroit Lions pass rush, Detroit Lions yeah. coverage. You need to stand up or we could see Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, uh, I mean, that coaching staff, when you watch Hard Knocks, they seem pretty tight, but you've given up 141 points in four games. Yeah, you, very against their motto and their, their sort of identity. They need a turnaround. They need a turnaround. But this is this is it, though. I have, okay. I have faith in the Lions. I think this is the turnaround that we all feel like they need, and they're going to get it, and then they're going to have their bye, they're going to recover, and then they're going to give up 50 points the next week. I That's really, what I feel I, like going to happen. I really hope we don't see and it's a reality where we do i like to think of the nfl sometimes in terms of like you know diverging timelines there's a timeline where bill balachek is standing on the sideline with a smug smile on his face you know as they take a knee or you know they run a fake punt to, mm. to get the first down to close out the game like oh, 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 oh. um he can't you know like like that game where he was taking the the oh, against the titans well, the Titans ended up doing it to him. So he oh, did it yeah. to the Jets where he was taking like delay of games or something mm-hmm. to yeah. to run out, run the clock down or whatever it was. And they, they changed the rule. Um, I don't That's know. When you know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL is forced to change a rule around you. I worry. I worry about this game because the Lions feed so much on those explosive plays. Mm. And if... Like I'm hyped up now. That's my first okay, one. I've talked about how I, I pick a few games to watch. <laughs> that's going to be one now. Patriots yeah. Lions. All right. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks so much for popping into the, the lounge room studio, Jacko. No worries. Uh, thanks to the listener for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be back in your ear holes next week with a pre- with a recap show. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.